Was it Pebcap? Pebcak. P E B K A C. Problem exists between keyboard and chair. <laughs> it's better than ID10T, right? What's that? Write write it down. Do you have your pen handy? I do. Write yeah. down write down ID the number 10 yeah. and then a T. Got it. <laughs> better a Pebcak than an ID10T. <laughs> about your let's talk about your books and i thought what i'd love to start off with doug you know we get talking about your books because you've brought it up as one of your management techniques and one of your mentoring techniques is to introduce people to your bookshelf can you give us a bit of background sort of context on 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 how you use your 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 bookshelf as a as a management technique yes i sure can jim Um, as a matter of fact every every company i've ran when i move in i set up a big bookshelf and I load all my business books on it, at least all the best ones. And then that becomes a library for the in, the people of the company, yep. in particular the leaders, but anybody. And anybody can walk into my office at any time and pick out a business book or I'll help them pick one that would be relevant to their dreams and desires and needs and strengths and weaknesses. And then they take that book and they go away and they read it. And then they come back and then we sit and we talk about what they read and how it impacted them and how they can use that to grow in their career. I really believe that when you know leaders are readers, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if, if you want to be a great leader, be a great reader and, and absorb all the business knowledge you can. So, Doug, what's your, what's your favorite book? Uh, it's close, but I'll have to say In Search of Excellence okay. by Tom, okay. Thomas Peters and Robert H. Waterman Jr. Now, that's a really, really old business book. Mm-hmm. We're going back to the early 80s now. Yeah. Um, those guys were in McKinsey, yep. and uh, originally it was just simply a study that was being done. It wasn't a book. Mm-hmm. at all. And then it evolved and in eventually into this book. <clears throat> that book still sells well today. Mm-hmm. It's still popular today, even though most of the companies studied in the book don't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. I wanted because, to ask you about that, right? Because it's one of the first books I ever read and, and I really enjoyed it, but but most of those companies are gone. But the points aren't. The principles that, that Peters and Waterman uncovered have not changed. Jim, you're a very successful business executive. You've been there, you've done that, and you've done it with success. You tell me which of these principles is irrelevant today. <laughs> right. okay? I'll give you I'll give you the list. <laughs> right. A bias for action. Yeah, no. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Close to the customer. We need to be extremely close to the customer. We need to know what they're thinking. We need to be learning about them. Still very relevant. Autonomy and entrepreneurship. We need to foster a an environment of entrepreneurism and energy and give people space and freedom to develop themselves and their careers within their job with the company, still extremely relevant. Productivity through people. So we, um, we're we talking about there is taking the rank and file members of your workforce and giving them the authority to make sure that everything in your company is fantastic and as it should be. So for example, at Ford, the, uh, the lowliest member of the assembly line can stop the assembly line at Ford Motor Company at any time at a cost of over $100,000 per minute. Yeah. Um, hands-on, value-driven. Mm-hmm. So that what that means is management by walking around the old Peters yep. Yep. Uh, acronym, yeah, MBWA, walk around, get to know people. Don't sit in your office and act like a big, you know, yep. exciting executive, but get out there. Uh, some people refer to it as management by donut-ing around, you yep. know, going around with donuts for people. Yep. But yep. the fact is you get out and touch people. Stick to your knitting. Do what you do well and don't diversify beyond the, the capabilities of your company. Uh, simple form, lean staff, not overspending, mm-hmm. keeping 
things simple and, and tightly organized within the company. All those principles to me are still very relevant. Yeah, Do you I agree? agree? I agree. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. So, Doug, I'm, look, I'm looking at your list. Now I'm just going to go by, I've never heard of this one, The, the Energy Bus by John Gordon. What's what's yeah, <laughs> what's that about? Well, uh, Jim, if you uh, remember from my last podcast, I believe I shared that one of the to-do items that I suggested was having a major celebration at the uh, end of the probationary period of every employee in your company. So if someone truly makes it through that probationary period and is now welcomed truly into the family of the company, they should have a major celebration on that day, whether it's their 90th day or 120th day. And I said that we always give them a gift. And this is the gift I like to give to Mm -hmm. an employee who is becoming part of the family in a company. Because it's not... It's not a seminal business book from the standpoint of like in search of excellence or good to great. It uncovers the concepts that will make your company great. What the energy bus does, it's a simple little read. It's, it's, it's really one evenings of, of reading mm-hmm. and it's John Gordon's book about our attitude. Okay. It's just about our attitude as employees okay. and what we put into what we do. And for that matter, what we put into life. Mm-hmm. And John is an amazing author, and he has been working with professional sports teams and every and companies and uh, businesses all over the world. But if you read his books, you would think they're they're written kind of at go- grade school level. Mm-hmm. They're very very simple and very to the point. But what John talks about is is not to be overlooked. You know, he he talks about keeping it simple and just having a great attitude about what you do and being high energy and and bringing passion to what you do and and being a part of chemistry and being a part of culture and it's a story it's not a it's not a list of things you need to do it's a little story you read but at the end of it you are a changed person so i realize that description's a little bit vague but the fact is I'm just saying, read the book. Yeah, right. And at the end of it, at the end of it, you'll feel different. Yeah, cool. Okay, that's pretty powerful. Um, you've got one on here, one of my favorite books. Start with why by by Simon Sinek. I I, I found that concept of starting with why. I mean, we're we're in the process right now of redoing our website. What did, what did I go back to? Start with why. And obviously, you're a fan of this book, also. Well, it's interesting, Jim. Uh, so many business owners and business leaders. When I ask them. Tell me about your company. The first thing they start with is, well, we, we do this. Yep. They'll explain to me, we provide this service and we do it well right. and we make people happy and we expand their lives or we expand their company and we help them grow. And they're telling me what they do, yep. whether it's we put part A on part B or we assemble this widget or we provide this service. And I can tell you, if at all, I don't, I don't recall anybody ever telling me why they do it. Right. I agree. So I'm going to give you an example. I'll use computers. Yep. The average computer company might say, we make great computers. They're very user-friendly. They're beautifully designed. They're easy to use. Would you like to buy one? Mm-hmm. And that's Simon Sinek's words. Yep. And then he says, now let's, let's ask Apple what they do. And they say, with everything we do, we aim to challenge the status quo. We aim to think differently. Our products are user-friendly and beautifully designed and very easy to use. We just happen to make computers. Would you like to buy one? Right. And the difference uh, in the second one is, is that there is a passionate interest there that you can latch onto as a consumer, and you can actually become a raving evangelist for the concept of thinking differently. How could one possibly become a raving evangelist for someone who makes a metal box? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, there's yeah. nothing to get excited about there. But when you talk about why you do what you do, yeah. then everything changes and there becomes clarity and there becomes energy. So uh, my first recommendation to anybody would be go out and YouTube search Simon Sinek and listen to what he says about this book because it's a, it's a life changer and it's a business changer. And then read the book yeah, and yeah. let it change you. Cause he's an interesting, interesting man. I mean, he works with senators and, and world leaders all over the world with, he works in the Pentagon. He does a tremendous amount of stuff. He lives in New York city now, but uh, the work he's doing is extremely important. And I, I think he's a fascinating man. And if you haven't read his follow-up book to it, Officers Eat Last. That, too, is a wonderful read. Yeah, great, Doug. Yeah, I love I love that book. I mean, it's uh, the simple notion that people people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Right? It comes back to that. It comes back to that passion thing. Um, Absolutely. Talk about Drive, Daniel Pink. Yeah, this is an interesting one, Jim. Uh, a lot of people I meet have not read it, but I really think everyone should because what it really has to do with is how you reward and how you care for your employees. And I'm amazed since reading this book at the chasm that can be uncovered between how the leaders of a company think they know what's important to their employees, as opposed to when you ask those employees individually what really matters to them. There's a, there's a world of difference. Uh, younger employees nowadays rank, for example, vacation far ahead of salary. Right. Well, that was not the case when you and I were 30 years old. Right. It was all about how much you made. And now it's more about how great can my life be? How much fr more freedom can I have? How much more autonomy can I have? How much more time off can I have? Can I work from home? Can I work from where I'm sitting right now? Right now I'm sitting overlooking a valley in West Virginia and I'm, I'm above the clouds. <laughs> yeah. so to my view right now is that I could walk across clouds yeah. over a valley. It's just the most beautiful sight you'd ever see. I wish everybody could be here with me right now. Yeah. And that's what people want nowadays their their viewpoint is changing as to what really works so if you're using the traditional methods of carrot and stick if you do this i'll give you that you're really missing it mm -hmm. because that is not what inspires people to do great work yeah and that's the premise of daniel's book yeah and it's it's worth reading um the first thing i did is i took it to it to our talent development team which is my code word for human resources mm -hmm. and the talent development team read it and deciphered it and then we started spreading it amongst the leaders and we really looked at it carefully and the fact is it's right i mean it's it's a very very important book about what matters to people with regards to what they're given by a company in exchange for the work they do yeah yeah Doug, just on on, on you again i just back to your process for a second so when you hand out a book to for example the talent development team what's what, what do you do you give them a week to to read it and then you you reconvene and, and talk it through or what What's, what's your process for actually making something happen as a, as a result of having read the book? Well, Jim, again, leaders are readers. So everybody that's a part of a company that I'm at the at the helm of knows how important reading is to me. And they know that when I share a book with them, I'm going to be coming back to discuss it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there's really no issue with having to set deadlines. And I'm, yeah, okay. I've never wanted a group of employees in, in my on my team that needed a deadline. Okay, yeah. I've always felt that 
if I've hired the right people, I can walk into the talent development center and I can say, okay. here's a couple copies of an amazing book. I'd like you all to read this. And in a few weeks, we're going to sit down and talk about it. It'll be read. Yeah. Okay. They'll, they'll get right on it and they'll be fascinated by it because they know that's sort of my, yeah. my thing. Okay. And but so, you do, you do have some kind, I guess it's more the, not so much the deadline thing, but you do kind of formalize the process around them doing something with it. Right. You uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. Yeah. And and one of the reasons I like to do it across the whole team is because there'll be change over the years on that team. But if everybody's read it, then everybody will share it with the new people that come in and they'll have them read it. And, and the knowledge will be passed down through the future generations in the company. When I'm not there anymore, there'll still be people benefiting from having read that book. Yeah. You're, you're, you're building in foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jim Collins book, good to great. It's actually a book that I wasn't a fan of, but you, you, uh, you like it. I really do. Uh, I really do. I, I can understand why some people don't because mm-hmm. fundamentally there's nothing truly revolutionary in this book it's not a book that makes you go holy smoke i never thought of all that yeah i got i got got halfway through and went yeah i'm not learning anything here (laughs) (laughs) and and that's an extremely common occurrence and, and that happens a lot and i get that i understand why some people aren't moved by it but on the other hand I go into a lot of companies uh, jim and i do a lot of what i call vision framework mm-hmm. and i'll sit down with the owners and the senior leaders of a company for a day or two or three and we'll completely analyze that company and we'll develop their hedgehog which is a concept that comes out of good to great yeah. when i arrive they never have that ever right. yeah, i have I, never walked into a company that clearly had their hedgehog defined i agree i agree yeah so if they haven't defined it and they haven't used it, then to me, it is new stuff. It is new, new knowledge, yeah. even though it's extremely fundamental. There's, there's, there's nothing truly revolutionary about this book, you know, and it's interesting because good to great, again, wasn't really something that was premeditated or planned. Uh, Jim Collins' previous book, which was built to last, was criticized openly by a gentleman named Bill Meehan, who ran the McKinsey operation in San Francisco at the time. And he criticized it, and he said built to last was really written for people that don't need it because the companies in built to last were always great. They didn't have to grow into it. They were just great companies. Mm. And he said, what we need out here is a book for people who want to get from good to great. And right. but Jim Collins listened to what his critics said, yep. and he assembled his team, and he has a team of researchers, and they did all their homework on this, and they ended up studying 11 companies very, very carefully, and they uncovered the fundamentals of going from good to great. Now, as I think back on it over the years and years and years, I've known business owners and business leaders, the percentage of businesses that have actually gone from good to truly great is fairly small. Right. Yeah. So I believe there is need for this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you, Doug. Yeah. I, it's one of those ones I keep thinking I need to go back <laughs> and I need to work my way through it as opposed to giving up halfway. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, and concepts like the hedgehog concept are hugely valuable. Right, it's a, it, it's a, it's a great context for thinking about uh, for thinking about the business. Um, your final book, interesting, written by Reed Hoffman, right of LinkedIn, um, called The Alliance. Yeah, this is a game changer. I, I this is an interesting book because when I started reading it, to be perfectly honest, I didn't expect much. 
I didn't think it was going to be amazing. I had never re- read anything at the time by Reed Hoffman. I've since read other of his books, and, and they're, they're very good. He's a wonderful writer. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, I'm thinking, all right, LinkedIn, we get what that is. Reed Hoffman, not an established authority or author. I don't have a lot of expectation here. When I was done, it had completely changed how I look at the concept of the relationship between employer and employee. Mm-hmm. Completely revolutionized it. And I'll use an example. I was running a I was running two tech firms at the same time, one U.S.-based and one in India, sister companies. And I had a young computer technician, I'll call him, or engineer, uh, come into my office, and I was conversing with him. We were having a talk, and he somehow let slip to me that in a couple of years, I guess maybe it was 18 months or 24 months, his fiance was going to be graduating with her master's from Cornell in landscape architecture, and he would have to move to wherever her career took her. Mm-hmm. And he realized that he had said that to me, and he got real nervous, and he got real upset, and he I could tell what he was thinking. Right. He was thinking – oh, they're not going to want me anymore because I'm just temporary. And they're not going to want to invest anything in anymore in me because I'm just temporary. And it was interesting because I had just read this book. Mm -hmm. And what I said to him was, well, that's really exciting, Caleb. Here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to give me a list of the things you need to learn before that time comes that you need to move on to the next step in your career. And we're going to make sure you learn every one of them while you're here. So your next tour of duty in your career is successful as this one and he looked at me like are you crazy are yeah. you seriously want to invest in my next employer and i said no we're going to invest in you yeah. and that's that's what this book uncovers is a level of truth between employer and employee so at, at linkedin they have lots of employees that go on to start companies mm-hmm. and many of those companies bolt up to and become a part of the linkedin empire if you will sure and they help those employees be great employees, but also build their future, even if their future is being out there in the marketplace, taking revenue out of the marketplace that they're trying to be successful in. Yeah. And they have no problem with that because there is a complete level of transparency that's unprecedented, in my opinion, in the business community. Yeah. And it is so healthy. I can tell you my exchange with that young man really changed everything about it. it was a real world example of what i had just read and it felt so good yeah. i can't even begin to tell you yeah very cool and ever since then that's how i run companies yeah. they're we're honest with one another yeah. and if, if they if the plan is for them to not be employed with us in three years that's perfectly okay yeah very let's cool. just make the three great years yeah that's uh, that's great Doug. that's really great oh. how do you Doug, how do you figure out what, what books to read you wander around bookstores and and pick books off the shelf are you going to uh top lists what do you how do you figure out which uh, which which new book you want to pick up well jim i don't think this will surprise you but i love podcasts yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> i listen to a lot of podcasts we should do you one know who, yeah. <laughs> you know who a lot of the guests are on a lot of podcasts the guys that write the books right that's how they peddle their books right. they go on podcasts and they talk about their books yeah. and when i hear them talk about them if i feel they really bring something to the table whether it's something new and exciting or whether it's rehashing a really important fundamental that that we may have just gone to sleep on a little bit or the world has i'll read it again and i'll yeah. i'll di- i'll go digest that book and learn everything i can about the book and the person so that i can share it with other people and help them grow as well because that's what i'm here for doug so we we, we went through a list of six books it what's one what just final thing one book that's not on the list that, that you think might be interesting uh 
Did you ever read Crossing the Chasm? You must have. I did. Oh, that's a wonderful book, Jim. Great yeah. call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jeff Moore. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I did read that book. And, and you know, uh, you did a podcast recently with Gabriella, and uh, she did a fantastic job of talking about change management. I, I think half of what I've ever learned about change management, I learned from crossing the chasm. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Identifying early adopters and softening the shores and all those different techniques. And you think about how old that book is yeah. <laughs> um, and everything in it still extremely relevant with regards to how we manage change. Uh, that's that's a great one to pick right there. Yeah, yeah I, there's so many. I mean, I, yeah. I, when I think about I, I just moved recently and I had to build all new bookshelves in my house <laughs> for all my business books. And yeah. and I, I can't describe to you how many there are. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and they're all so valuable to me. And I, yeah. I've lost a lot of them over the years. It's yeah. funny because I've, I loan them out constantly and occasionally you don't get them back. And I just smile when I think about that because yeah. somebody somewhere is reading that darn thing yeah. and, it, and it's helping them grow. So that's good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you this, Jim. There's a quote out there that I absolutely love and I live by and it goes like like this. When you're green, you're growing. And when you're ripe, you're rotten. Yep. Thanks, Doug. Great. Again, great insight uh, on uh, uh, on how to use the business book as a tool. <laughs> 